Turn to me to Ephesians chapter 1. I want you to go straight to the Word of God. We're living in times where every day it is uncertain. Uncertain with the rules the government gives. Uncertain with the situation of the pandemic. So there are times that we can be thinking that everything is fine. There are times suddenly panic and fear may come. But I want you to know that if you will believe in God and you're established in the revelation of who God is, you can live every day stable, peaceful, unshaken like a rock. The greatest revelation that the world needs in such times is really the revelation of God, the true nature of God. Many times we are just researching information about the virus, information about medicines, and we may know more about those things than we know even about our own God. But what will keep us, what will preserve us, what will protect us in such times is the knowledge of God. And that's why when Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17, this is how he prayed. He didn't pray that they will be blessed, that they'll be protected, that they will get good jobs and they will be healthy. He prayed. Above all, the first thing he prayed, the Holy Spirit inspired prayer is this. That God would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is the greatest knowledge that you need in such times. Let me tell you this. We are living in the last days. And this pandemic is not the only thing that will befall this planet. There are worse things that are ahead. And as a church, we need to be ready and equipped as believers to face the difficulties of the last days. Where our faith will be tested. Our belief in God's word will be tested. Deception will come even upon the church. And many will fall away thinking they are believing the truth when they are believing a lie. And that's why the true revelation of God and His truth is the, is the key that will hold us, preserve us, equip us. For these last days. And this knowledge of God you cannot get through intellectual striving and effort. You cannot get this in any university or the best colleges of the world. Because it is not intellectual knowledge. The knowledge of God is spiritual knowledge. Intellectual knowledge can be gained through study of books. But spiritual knowledge only comes through the spirit. It's a revelation. It is revealed. And that's why Paul prayed. That God will give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. The, the knowledge of God is revealed to us from God. And that's why your heart needs to be open. We need to be praying. We need to be open to the Holy Spirit because it's a knowledge that is revealed. I'm praying that God would reveal to you His love, His Father heart to you today in a wonderful way. Look at this points that I've shown to you about how we become like the God that we worship. See, when people worship a God that has no eyes, that has no hands, they become like that. They lose the ability to see in the Spirit. They lose the ability to have faith, have a powerful life. But when we worship a living God, we become like that God. And because God is a personal Spirit, we are able to have a relationship with Him. Okay? Because God is all-powerful, He can help us with anything. Because God is ever-present, our God, He's present everywhere, it means He's always with me. And because God knows everything, 
I can go to him with all my questions and concerns. Because God is sovereign, I will joyfully submit to him. Because God is holy, I will devote myself to him in purity, in worship and in service. And because God is absolute truth, I will believe what he says and live accordingly. Because God is righteous, I will live by his standards. Because God is just, he will always treat you fairly wherever you are. And because God is love, your future is secure. He's committed to you in these last days. Because God is merciful, he forgives us of all our sins. And because he is faithful, his promises in your life will surely come to pass. No matter what difficulties, what pains we're going through at this moment. And because God never changes, he has written your destiny in eternity, even before you were born. That means your future is secure. Rest in Him. Put your hope in Him. And don't let this pandemic get you into fear, worry, and anxiety. Remember last Sunday I spoke about father flaws and how our relationship with our earthly fathers can affect our relationship with God. Well, today I want to talk about this truth that I see in scriptures. That in the father heart of God, we see a mother's love. And today being Mother's Day, this is what I want to emphasize. That in the Father heart of God, you can see a mother's love. I want to honor three women especially today. First is my wife, of course. She's an amazing mother to my children. And of course, she's just a strong, faithful wife to me. And I want to honor my wife first. Secondly, I want to honor my mother. She's just an example of sacrifice and love and service over all those years that I've known her from the time that we would see her come sacrificially to boarding school just to meet us just for two hours every month while we were there traveling all the way from Kohima to Shillong so just her sacrifice her energy her fierce love towards us is what we honor today thirdly I want to honor my mother-in-law she's one of the strongest supporters of the ministry Believing in the gift, the calling, the anointing of God upon my life. So I just want to honor her. These three women, of course, all the mothers of Faith Harvest Church. We honor you because you are faithful, committed warriors of the Lord. And we love you all. And right now, I want to pray for you before I go into the message. So let's pray together right now for all the mothers of Faith Harvest Church. Father, in Jesus' name, I just speak blessings over all the mothers of Faith Harvest Church. And I declare that surely the blessing of the Lord, the grace of God, and the shalom of the Lord is upon them. Father, I thank you that for such a time as this, you have given them anointing, you have given them courage, you have given them faith, and you have given them wisdom to be mothers for such a time as this. Father, I thank you that they do not lack in any area. Father, I thank you, Lord, that they do not come short in any area of their lives, but they tap into the supernatural wisdom of God, the faith of God in such times. And they rise up to be the fierce warrior mothers over their homes, over their husbands, over their children, O oh Lord, so that by their faith and by their prayer, O oh Lord, they are taking their families through these difficult times, O oh Lord. And I thank you, Lord God, that you have released upon them great courage for such times, great peace, and also great wisdom that, Lord, you will enable them, Lord God, 
to seek the wisdom of the Lord and to bring that wisdom into day-to-day practicalities, even of food and resources and things around the house, that Lord, you would release such wisdom that Lord, you will cause whatever they touch to be multiplied through the hands in this time and season. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So all the mothers that are watching this, we love you and we honor you. And of course, today is Mother's Day, so I'm going to be preaching on the love of God that carries a mother's love for us. But in preaching on Mother's Day, I want to be also careful that I don't overstep the boundary of talking about the mother's love. Because I have been observing in the way Mother's Day is observed in Nagaland, that there is a slight error that is slowly creeping in to the body of Christ, which I want to just highlight at this very moment. And that error is this. It is so subtle that we can miss it. But that error is this. A deification of the mother's love. This error is simply making the love of a mother equal to God's love. And sometimes even greater than the father's love. Now the father's love that you have experienced may be lesser than the mother's love. But in God's order, it was never meant to be a competition. It was never meant to replace the father's love. Both has its place. And we have to be careful that we don't deify the mother's love above all loves. Sermon titles that I have seen in past years and even people how they have posted on social media can bring this error in so slightly. For example, titles like The Greatest Love in the World is a Mother's Love. Titles like Nothing Can Compare to the Mother's Love or a Mother's Love is Perfect. If you are not careful, these kind of titles can deify the mother's love even above God's love that we need to understand. This shift is so subtle. And that's why we need to understand from the Word of God what is God's divine order. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26 to 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping slowly, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. The word man here, let us make man in our image. That word man is not referring to the males, the fathers. That word is a generic term for mankind, which includes the male and the female. See, in the beginning, God created the male and the female in His image. The truth is this. Both genders are valuable in God's eyes, in God's economy. Both genders. See, if we have thought through our Naga cultural system that the male is more important, it is wrong. It is error. In God's eyes, the male and the female, both are created in His image. Both are valuable and both have different aspects of God's nature in them, which we need. 
God created the male and the female in His image. We know that God has no gender. God is not a man. God is genderless. Even though we use the pronoun of the man to refer to God, God has no gender. And when He created the male and the female, He put aspects of His love in the Father that the Father expresses the God's love in a specific way and He put aspects of His love in the mother so that the mother expresses God's love in a specific way. So when we say that God's love is like a father's love, it is not specifically exclusive to the fathers, the males. But in the father heart of God, we will see a mother's love. So this is God's divine economy. And that's why God created families. God didn't just create a father. God created a father and a mother. Why? Because the full aspect of God's love is experienced only in a family. Not just through a father. And that's why we need siblings too. Siblings also express to us the love of the Trinity. Specifically the love of Jesus, our brother, our elder brother in God. So God intended families to teach children about God. That's what they told the Israelites. Teach your children about God. So it is through the family, the knowledge of God is expressed. But when you come from broken families, when you come from broken homes, that is where people find it difficult to connect with God in a real and living way. Let me talk about the mother today. The mother wound. For many people, it is not the father that is the biggest problem, but the mother. Many people suffer from damage done to them by a broken, disordered, and problematic relationship with the mothers. And so we need to talk about this when we talk about the mother's love. There are four Greek words for love. There is the word phileo, which is love between friends, brotherly love. There's the word agape, which is the God kind of love, the highest form of love. There is the word storge, which I want to highlight today, which is Family affection, the love between the family. And of course, there is eros, which is erotic sexual love, which is to be consummated only within the marriage relationship. Now, storge love speaks of nurture, loyalty, affection, tenderness, empathy, primarily from parents to children. In the first few years of a child's life, especially from the first year to about the fourth year, the primary giver of storge love to the children is the mother, not even the father. And the father's importance comes as a child enters into the toddler years. But it is primarily through the mother that storge love is received by little children. And this is, you know, very logical because even in the physical, we understand the mother carries the baby in the womb for nine months. And then the mother feeds the baby on her breasts for a long time, draws the baby tenderly to her side. And that is the place where there is nurture, where there is comfort, where there is the tenderness and the giving of that storge love. And as we are able to receive that, we're also able to give that as we grow into adulthood. But a lot of people are unable to give that kind of love even why? It's because they have not received it in the first place. I want you to turn to Psalm 22. Psalm 22, 
verses 9 to 10. But you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on my mother's breasts. I was cast upon you from birth, from my mother's womb. You have been my God. Why did God design nature in such a way that we are carried in our mother's womb, nurtured, fed, and carried by the mother? I believe it's because God wants us to learn this truth. That we learn to trust in Him. We learn to look to Him just as we trusted our own mothers because of the affection and the comfort that we received from them. See, our relationship with the mothers is the first place where we experience storge love. And science confirms this, that the child in the womb is aware of the mother's emotional state. The child in the womb is aware even of the atmosphere in the house while the child is in the womb. You see, intimacy begins in the womb. And then at birth, the child begins to receive the love from the mother. There are three ways that the child at birth receives storge love from the mother. Number one, it is through the mother's voice. The voice. And that's why people say, doctors say, speak to your child that's in the womb. They tell the father, speak to your child that's in the womb. So the voice is a way that love is communicated. And that's why the tone of the voice is important. More than what is said, how it is said is also very important. A tone that is affirming, affectionate, accepting, and nurturing. It communicates storge love rather than a tone that is accusing, critical, and rejecting. Do you know that you can say the same thing, but then with a different tone, and it is received completely differently? You can say to your children, don't you know that I love you? And it communicates love and acceptance. Or you can say, don't you know that I love you? And it just communicates a displeasure, a rejection. So you can say the same thing, but the person will receive it either as love or rejection. So the tone is very important. Some kids will say that they can always remember a feeling of rejection even from the time that they were born. And they don't even know why. Sometimes it's because of unwanted pregnancies. Sometimes it's because the mother went through a lot uh, while she was pregnant. And she may have just harbored certain angry feelings or just frustrated feelings or just went through a lot in the relationship in the house while the pregnancy was on. And all those feelings get communicated even to the baby. So a mother's voice is very important. Let me ask you this question. What does the voice of your mother mean to you? When you hear your mother's voice, does it comfort you? Does it make you feel wanted and loved? Or does it make you feel irritated? Does it make you feel angry? Do you say things like, I can't stand my mother's voice. Maybe you don't say it from your mouth, but from your heart. You get angry. I know a lot of people who just get angry at their mother's voice. Why? Because a lot of people have broken heartedness and damage that has resulted in their lives through controlling and manipulative mothers. Yeah, we love our mothers. But let's be honest. Mothers are not perfect. 
No father is perfect. No mother is perfect. And even as we honor our mother's love, we must still acknowledge truth that many of us have been hurt by our mothers through the controlling and the manipulative ways. And that causes problems in relating to God. Psychiatrists have discovered that when the mothers are very controlling and manipulative, it destroys the child's self-esteem. When the mothers are always very critical of every independent decision the child wants to make, it cripples the child rather than affirming, strengthening the child. And part of the way that mothers are very controlling is they have a critical opinion for everything the child wants to do. That's a controlling spirit. Many of you are not happy when you heard that from me, but that's the truth. That's a controlling spirit. And God wants to set you free, mothers, even from that. So people have been hurt. See, some of the times, the mother will say, I, I'm saying these things because I love you. But the receiver does not sense your love. They sense displeasure. They sense that feeling of being controlled and manipulated. And they begin to resent the mother. And it's very confusing because on one hand, they love the mother, but on the other hand, they resent the mother on the inside. So in the end, it develops guilt and anxiety within the children. Okay, so what does mother's voice mean to you? That is very important. Secondly, the stroke love is communicated through the eyes. A baby does not drink from the breasts alone, but also from the mother's eyes. And from the mother's eyes, it drinks love and acceptance. And that's why babies, when they're abandoned or when they come from abusive backgrounds, nurses who are trying to, you know, feed them in the orphanages will testify that in the first few days, they cannot even make eye contact. They will be fed. The nurses will try to play with them. But the child, the baby will not make eye contact. Because even at that age, they've been heard and there are trust issues that are there. See, some of you cannot even look at your mother's eyes properly. Even today, you cannot look at your mother's eyes without some emotions being stirred up. Why? It's because there are some wounds there that need to be healed. Let me ask you this question. Have you been nurtured by your mother's love? What kind of look did your mother give to you? That is very, very important. When Children have not been nurtured by the mothers. When they have not experienced that as they were little children, they try to replace that fuzzy comfort feeling that they're always looking for in substitutes. Substitutes like alcohol. Substitutes like overeating. Substitutes like sexual sins. Because they're looking for that nurture and that comfort deep within the heart. Finally, mothers communicate storge love through the touch. The mothers feed love to the children through touch. And of course, fathers too. But we're talking about the primary years when the child is growing up. Without touch, let me just read this to you. The emotions and even the body becomes unhealthy. Scientists have proven that humans are four to seven times more likely to succumb to sickness if they do not have a normal dose of nurturing love. Some studies have shown people recover from illness quicker if they have another human being in the home with them or even for that matter, a pet. 
to supply affection in their recovery. And that's why, you know, people that are in isolation in such times, people who are in the ICU, that even the parents cannot come, the family cannot come while they are going through the COVID sickness. The, the struggle is not just the physical part that they are fighting. It's mental. It's emotional. Because the presence of loved ones, it really matters in the recovery and health, fighting the sickness. And so a lot of the isolation that is necessary because of these times, it really affects the people psychologically, emotionally. And that's why people need to really be strengthened in the Lord, in the relationship with God in such times. Love is so important. How many of you remember Nikolai Ceausescu? The dictator in Romania that was toppled in 1989. When reporters went to the nation, they found that there were thousands of orphanages that were completely neglected, living in horrendous conditions, completely abandoned in state-run orphanages. You can see some of the pictures up there on the screen. Some of these orphans were chained to the beds. They were neglected with no food and they were starved of affection, starved of any affirmation, starved of even touch, completely neglected. So what happened was that in the mid-90s, a lot of the Western parents rushed to adopt these children because they were so moved by what they were seeing in media. But then as they were adopted, they learned. This was a story of many of the parents that these children who had never known the nurture of a mother and a father, they had never been held, never been consoled or shown any form of affection. They discovered that they were emotionally and mentally crippled beyond repair. Many of these kids could never recover. Why? Because when we do not show affection, when we do not show love, when we do not show touch, when we do not show nurture in the ways that God designed for us to receive, it just destroys us mentally, emotionally, and in our psyche. Even in adolescence, psychiatrists have discovered that the longing for affection can become so deep in the hearts of people when they have not received it from the primary caregivers, the father and the mother, that they begin to long for affection in wrong ways. And that's when, you know, they begin to seek it in the opposite sex or sometimes even with the same sex. It's just a deep longing in their heart that they're trying to satisfy in the wrong way. So let me ask you this question if you're watching my message today. How has your relationship with your mother affected you? For most of you, it'd be very positive. But if you're honest, some of us, we have experienced neglect. We have experienced abandonment, even from our own mothers. We have experienced a lot of hurts, even from our own mothers. And the truth is this. God does not want you to be broken. God wants you to be healed. God wants you to recover from that. And above all, experience His love. So that His love alone is what makes you healed and whole. And of course, mothers who are also watching this, God wants you to understand the love of God as I preach about the mother's love in the heart of God so that you're able to love your parents, I mean your kids 
in the right way that even through your love for them, healing comes to them. So let's look at Psalm 27 verse 10. Psalm 27 verse 10. When my mother and my father forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Let me read it again. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Here God is affirming to us today that His love is greater than the love of an earthly father or even the love of an earthly mother. And He wants to take care of us. Understand this. This is the heart of your Father God for you. Now in 2 Corinthians, I want you to turn again to verses 3 and 4. The Bible says that God is the Father of all comfort. And I want to highlight this word comfort because the mother's love comes to us through the meaning of this word. That comfort, that nurture, that tenderness. And God is saying He's a God of comfort. Not just a God who loves us without any feeling, but is a God who loves us as a mother would comfort us. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God is a comforter, like a mother would comfort the children. And that's why when Jesus says, I'm going to go to the Father, He said, the Father is going to send another helper. The word helper is comforter in the Greek. That word helper is parakletos, our helper. The one who comes by our side. The one who's our intercessor. The one who's a standby. The one who's a strengthener. So in many ways you will see in the scripture that the Holy Spirit plays the role in our life like our mothers play a role. See, the comfort of God that comes to the Holy Spirit is not just a pat on the back kind of comfort. It's okay. Things will be fine. No. It's a comfort that is like an ivy drip right into a heart. Like a blood transfusion right into a heart by the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural comfort. Right into us by the Holy Spirit. And so the role of the Holy Spirit to nurture us, to comfort us, to overshadow us many times is like the role that the mother plays in our lives. See, the heart of Father God also contains the love of a mother. And I want to look at three portions of scripture here. Isaiah 49 verse 15. We know God does not have any gender. But His love is reflected in both the masculine and also the feminine. Let me say that again. His love is reflected both in the male, the father, and in the female, the mother. And if you will see the love of a mother that the heart of God carries, I tell you, will be more established in the love of God for us. Isaiah 49 verse 15 and 16. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, 
I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. See, the Bible here referring to the maternal instinct tells us that it is very powerful. Can a woman forget her nursing child? Can a woman forget her nursing child? The maternal instinct. I've read about how mothers, when they were trying to save the baby strapped under a car, would just lift the car just by their own natural stench. That is the mother's love, the maternal instincts that just releases that power, that adrenaline that causes them to do superhuman things. God is asking this question. Is it possible that a mother could forget the child at her breast? And of course, he answers, surely they may forget. Now it is very unlikely for mothers, but yet there are some mothers who do. God says, I'm not like that. Surely they may forget, but I will not forget you, says the Lord. That's what he is saying. Just like a mother's love is so strong that it is very unlikely that a mother will ever forget a child that she has nursed. But perchance, even if some mothers have, God is saying, I am not like that. I will never forget the ones that are birthed from me. Why is God using the imagery of a mother instead of a father? When the Bible says, He is our heavenly father. Why is God using the imagery of a woman? Because here God wants us to understand the passionate love of a mother, the affection of a mother. And he's saying, what beats in his heart for us is like the passionate love of a mother. It's like the passionate love, affection of a mother. And God is saying this, though they are so loving, yet sometimes they can forget the children. Yet I, I will never forget you. What does that mean? It means his love is greater than even a mother's love. And verse 16 is so beautiful because here God is saying, I've inscribed you on the palms of my hands. God has inscribed us on the palms of his hands. I believe that's also a reference to the scars on Jesus' hands. That's like an everyday reminder of how much God loves us. I know many mothers like to print pictures of their children and put it up on the walls as a reminder of how much they love the children. Well, God has a snapshot of you and me. And that snapshot is the scars on Jesus' hands. And in those scars, we have been inscribed forever in the hands of God. Let's look at another portion of scripture. Isaiah 66. Turn to Isaiah 66. Verses 10 to 13. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all you who love her. Rejoice for joy with her, all you who mourn for her. That you may feed and be satisfied with the consolation of her bosom. That you may drink deeply and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then you shall feed on her sides, shall you be carried, and be dandled on her knees. As one whom his mother comforts, 
So I will comfort you and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Please use your imagination right now to picture what God is saying. God is saying this. Jerusalem is a picture of how He loves His people. And how does God show His love for Jerusalem? Through the image of a mother feeding her baby on her breasts. You can see that up there on the screen. The image of a mother feeding her baby. The second picture is a baby that is carried on the side. And we see a lot of mothers do that here in Nagaland. The third picture is a child that is being comforted on the knees of the mother. All three pictures communicate protection, love, tenderness, affection. See, God is using the picture of a mother's love to communicate to you and me how much He loves us. How much He loves you and me. See, in the Father's heart, we see a mother's love. The passion, the intimacy, the nurture, the affection, the tenderness of a mother's love is reflected in God's love for us. And God is saying, I will comfort you in the same way. In verse 13, so I will comfort you. God wants to comfort you in the same way. So is there any feeling to the love of God? Yes, I believe there is. I'm not talking about romantic kind of feelings. But I'm saying that there is a comfort that God's love, when it is communicated to us, releases feelings of deep tenderness and joy and peace. That feeling of being loved, of being at peace and at rest. Of course, it begins by faith when we believe that it loves but true faith leads to true feelings of comfort that God releases into our heart when we experience His love. See, Jesus uses the image of the mother hen, again a mother, in Matthew 23 verse 37. Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. A hen is also a mother. Just use the image of a hen to communicate God's affection and passion for Israel. Because a mother hen is violently protective in maternal love. You can see that picture up on the screen. How the mother hen would just gather the chicks under her wings. And the picture on the right is of a mother hen protecting the chicks in the rain. Fiercely protective. Mothers are like that. And if you are a mother who is not like that, God wants you to know that you can be like that. When you understand how much God loves you too, God will release the same grace and that ability in your heart that you can love your family with that same fierce passion. God is saying here in this image that He is the same. That He also protects us passionately under the shadow of His wings. God doesn't have wings, but yet God uses the image of the wings. In Psalms 91, 
He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow or the wings of the Almighty. So in these dark times of sickness, God wants you to know He's a fierce God who loves you passionately and He wants to protect you under the shadow of His wings so that no sickness, no disease will ravage you home. But you must believe in this God. You must put your trust in this God. We are hearing a lot of stories about people, even Christians, that are dying in the mainland of India. I just heard a testimony of a pastor two weeks ago who died. The wife got positive and the wife also died just this morning. That message came to me. And now the daughter is left all alone. Pastors. Now when we hear such stories, we begin to question God. How come Christians are also getting affected? You see, just because we're Christians, we are not exempted from whatever tribulations there on the earth. We have to be using our faith. The same trouble has come upon all the earth. But we can overcome whatever the world may bring upon us by faith. By faith. And that is why it's so important that every believer learn to live by faith in these times. In these times. You see, just because you are a member of a particular church or a denomination, it's not, cause you, it's not going to cause you to be protected. And that's why this conversation that has come up again because churches have been asked to stop services. So now the conversation is church essential or not essential. Church essential, we must go to church and pray and worship. And people are making the argument that in church people will get healed. In church is the place where you can find protection. Let me tell you this. You can come to church and still get the sickness. It's not about the church, it's about your faith. It's not about which church you are a member of. It's not about which church you belong to. No, ultimately, every individual must learn to stand by faith. Now, as a church, we're praying for you. As a church, we're releasing the power of God over you. But there comes a time when every believer must learn to stand by faith in your own trust in the Lord. And this is such a time that you must learn to mature and grow in the Lord. And so, we are seeing pastors are getting sick. Believers are getting sick. I'm not saying that they put fear on you. But what I'm saying is this. I have no idea what their faith was. I cannot look into other people's hearts. But I know my heart. And I must be responsible for my own faith. And that's why I cannot let these stories affect my faith and cause me to lose hope. But at the same time, I must also be wise that the same sickness, you see, we're not exempted simply because we carry the name tag Christian. It is by our faith that we will stand or we will fall. So I encourage you to stand in your own faith. And faith is not one size that fits all kind of a shoe. Faith is specific according to our relationship with God. God speaks to different people, different things, wherever they are placed in different circumstances. So we cannot say, well, if you have faith, you will do this. You cannot make it so generic for the whole body of Christ. So faith is specific to how God speaks to you. How God speaks to you. There was a time in, um, in Turkey, the Armenians. You know, there were so many prophecies about uh, 
devastating tragedy that would come upon the Christians. And the Holy Spirit spoke through several believers and prophets to the Armenian Christians to leave, to flee, to flee Armenia and go to different parts of the world because devastation and um, just war was coming upon them. Now, a lot of Christians at that time ignored what the Holy Spirit was saying and they said, oh, we are Christians, we will stand on the word, we'll be bold and we'll use our faith. But a lot of people heeded the voice of the Spirit and they fled. And the ones that fled were preserved, but the ones who stayed back were completely exterminated by the Turks. So faith is not just bravado. Faith is listening to the Holy Spirit and responding to the rema of the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's so important in such times to listen to God. Every pastor can respond differently. Every church can respond differently. And we need not judge them whether they have faith or they don't have faith. Because ultimately it is before God that we stand or fall. I don't know why I'm saying this in the midst of Mother's Day message. But the point is this. You must believe that God loves you. You must believe. Because it is a love that preserves and protects. Jesus said to his disciples, I have revealed the name that you have given me, Father, to my disciples. The name. I have kept them in your name. I have preserved them in your name. The name is Abba, Father. In that name, there's intimacy. There's love. In that name, there is preservation. That means when we choose to see God, not just as Almighty God, but when we see Him as Abba, Father. When we see Him as a God of love. When we see Him having the fierce passionate love of a mother in his heart and he wants to protect us as a mother hand and he wants to be our shield and a protector in that name in that revelation there is a protection over our hearts there's a protection over our minds there's a shield and it keeps us when you go through these difficult times it keeps us from fear it keeps us from anxiety it keeps us from losing hope because your heart is very important in such times. Guard your heart. When we listen to a lot of these news and opinions of people, your heart can get affected. So above all, guard your heart. Even as you are guarding your health, eating the right food in such times, masking up, guard your heart above all. Let me say this. It is more important to put a mask on your heart than on your mouth. It is more important to put a mask of faith in your heart than in your mouth. Some of you are focusing only on your mouth. Christians, you're focusing on masking your mouth, but your heart is open to all the fear, worry, and anxiety. And that is very unwise. Listen, faith always begins first from the heart. In the spirit, every blessing, every protection always comes first from the heart. It is from the heart. Belief. Believe in a God who loves you with the fierce love of a mother. Psalms 131. Psalms 131. Zombre mama lebreki basto broko malebreki. Shimalabari anda de de marikena stobreki kabasto. Shomri kabale basto de da barikena. I just sense the Lord is saying, don't listen to a lot of the conversations, even on social media about church this and church that, opinions of what faith is and what, what faith is. The Lord is saying, just look to me. I'm sensing this in my spirit right now. The Lord is saying, sit at my feet and listen to me. 
and do and obey what I put on your heart. Faith is very specific to our relationship with God. God spoke to Joseph to flee to Egypt. Now fleeing may not look like a man of bold faith. But God said in a dream, flee. And Joseph obeyed. That obedience is faith. Now God may say to some of you, flee. God may say to some of you, don't flee. Because everyone is in a different place, in a different circumstance. We cannot make faith a generic shoe that fits all sizes and accuse others. See, I am doing this. I'm a man of faith. You're not doing that. You don't have faith. Don't judge others by what God speaks to your heart. Don't judge others by your faith. If you have faith, have it to yourself. God speaks to others different things. Personally for me, I believe the church should be open. I believe that we should come and worship God because many people need faith, encouragement in such times. Faith is above all. Spirit comes above all. It is essential. Absolutely, it is essential. But in honor to the government's directives, we are closed and we're going online. I prefer having personal in-person meeting. But do as the Lord speaks to you. It's important that we don't begin to make faith seem like it's a generic thing that can be ordered in an Amazon mail and that faith size fits everyone. No. Faith is very, very personal. It comes out of your personal relationship with God. So don't let others judge you. You do what you feel led by the Spirit in your heart to do with peace. Even when I say I prefer in person, we don't force anyone to come. You come according to your faith. Hallelujah. But there is a power and a grace in in-person meeting that is greater than online. We must understand that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. And there are days coming in the future when there will be greater opposition by designs of the enemy through government to hinder Christian worship, to stop Christian worship. And our faith must be prepared in such times. Our faith must be sharpened in such times that we are able to discern those, uh, those devices of the enemy. And in those times, we have to defy government orders too. In those times, we have to make God above even the government's directives. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? This is like God giving us a rehearsal. And that's why in such times, it's important that we stand on the Word, meditate on the Word, soak in the Word, and be people of prayer that look to God alone. Hallelujah. Thank you, O Lord of God. Psalms 131 verse 2. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. <clears throat> a picture of a child at a mother's breast, satisfied, contented, peaceful, happy. That is what God is saying you can be when you know how much your father loves you. What a mother's love can produce in a child, in a baby that is fed, nurtured, 
tenderly touched by a mother at her breast. That the same comfort, the same nurture, the same love that you can experience in your relationship with your Heavenly Father. It is possible. You know, there was a time in my life when I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I would experience the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit almost every evening when I was praying. And in those nights, I experienced many times the presence of the Lord coming upon me that just caused me to just weep and cry in His presence. Just weep and cry. And as I was going through that experience, I would experience such deep comfort, such deep love, such deep tenderness in my heart. The Holy Spirit was communicating to me. You know, it was like an ivy drip straight from heaven into my heart and my soul. And the love of God just coming deep. I've never been touched at such a deep level by anything or anyone. It was just the presence of the Holy Spirit just in my heart ministering to me the love of God. And healing me. Setting me free. And every time I would encounter that experience, I remember such a deep sense of comfort and peace would flood my soul. Like a peace that passes all understanding. I would sleep without a care in the world. And sometimes those experiences would carry me for months through all the trials and the difficulties that I would be facing. That's how God wants you to experience His love, His care for you, like a weaned child at the mother's breasts. And that's what I'm praying that you will experience even today. I want you to understand this. In the same way the mother nurtures the child through her voice, through her look, and the touch. Even today, the Father God wants to encounter you right now with His voice. His voice is peaceful but powerful. Through His look, His eyes are always upon you, the Bible says. He never takes His eyes away from you. You are the apple of His eye. And through His touch, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. His touch is the presence of the Holy Spirit that is even flooding your heart right now. So wherever you are, just close your eyes and just lift up your hands like this. Lift up your hands like this. And in your heart, just say this, Father, touch me right now. Say, Father, Look to me right now. Say, Father, speak to me right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would release from your father heart the knowledge of a mother's love, the fierce, passionate, instinctive, maternal love release upon your people, Lord God. And I pray that, Lord, you will touch them even right now with a deep, deep comfort, deep in their hearts. And you will remove every hurt, every wound, even from earthly mothers that have hurt them. Father, remove every wound, every hurt, oh Lord. Oh, I just sense in my heart the Lord saying to some of you, 
You need to forgive your earthly mothers. Some of your mothers are very manipulative, very controlling, very critical all the time. And it has crippled your heart. It has just brought such woundedness, such low self-esteem that you are unable to just go out into the world and face it like an adult. And God says, forgive. Father, I speak healing to every wound from mother hurts to those people right now that are crippled in their hearts. I speak healing into their hearts by the love of God that you will touch them and heal them right now, Father. Father, I pray that you will encounter your people right now with your voice. That soft, still voice of Father God deep in their hearts. That they will hear your assurance. They will hear your peace. They will hear, Lord, you speaking to them in their hearts. To fear not. Not to worry about the future. But they will hear your voice as that presence of God. That inner witness. That you will never leave them. You will never forsake them, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, O oh Lord of God. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, I pray that, Lord, right now you will look at your people. As their eyes are closed and they're looking to you, Lord, let them feel, Lord God, that burning gaze of love upon them. Let them know the Lord. They are precious in your eyes. They're valuable. They are the apple of your eye. There's someone here that is watching this. You don't have a father. You don't have a mother. You're all alone. And you feel completely abandoned and rejected. God is saying to you, just lift up your eyes right now and look to Him. And you will feel and sense the fierce love of His look of love upon your heart right now. Healing you. Setting you free from the spirit of an orphan. Come on, receive his love for you right now. He's the father of the fatherless. And even the father of the motherless. Hallelujah. Thank you, O Lord of God. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do it. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.